And now, making their way into the arena, hailing from the great pro wrestling state of Massachusetts, they are the hosts of the Top of the Cage podcast. Here are Bill and Juice. And thank you again, Rich Palladino. The voice of New England always making us sound so good. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is I. I am the super producer. I am Bill, joined always by my tag team partner, my wrestling confidant. He is the future booking genius and the prince of pro wrestling podcasts. He is Justin. Juice Cannon. Boom. Boom, baby. Juice, tonight we welcome on one of my favorite guests. And I know in our last episode we talked about not having favorites, but I truly do think that this was an absolutely great episode. He is the Texas Terminator. He is Jay Alexander. And what a dude. Like, what a guy. I can't believe, by the way, when he he just dropped in the interview, like, yeah, yeah, being born in 95. I was like, dude, you're only 27? That is crazy to me. Nah, it's crazy. Um, And he's a wicked talented dude. Just recently got really exposed to, to him, and I'm glad we did because he's, he's a special talent. Great dude. And that's definitely one of my favorites we've had on. I know we said we don't play favorites, but uh, this time we do. Uh, Jay Alexander's guy to watch. Definitely follow him on the socials. You hear him plug him, plug his socials in there. And definitely go on YouTube, right? Jay Alexander, the Texas Terminator, watch his matches, man. There's plenty of them on there. He's wrestling reality wrestling. That's where he's at now, which is Booker T's promotion that Booker T owns. Uh, this dude, this dude's a gem. Yep. And we will get into all things training under Booker T and so much more. And ladies and gentlemen, here is the Texas Terminator, Jay Alexander. Hello, Top of the Cage listeners. I am Juice, joined by my co-host, Bill, and we got a special guest this week. We got the Texas Terminator himself. You see him with the bling on his show, both his shoulders. It's Jay Alexander, who has... Uh, Trained under Booker T and wrestled for Booker T's promotion, Reality of Wrestling. Simply checked it out. A bunch of matches on YouTube. And, uh, I think they used to be on Fight, right? Uh, used to be on Fight. Um, I know we're on uh, national syndicated television, CW 39. I think across like 50 plus markets, uh, predominantly on YouTube. That's where our, our main base stays pretty much. If, if you can't find Reality of Wrestling, you can definitely find it on YouTube. But uh, there's countless outlets now i'd be twitch there's we're partners with twitch, twitch as well so there's it's an excuse pretty much if you can't find reality of wrestling because it's you'll find it somehow somewhere i feel like we've had we've had a few guests on before people who are just uh owners of promotions or just bookers of promotions and we were talking about how like companies being on twitch is just like the future for wrestling i mean it's almost like the future is now because you see it's everywhere mm-hmm What's it like working for a company that's, you know, doing not only live TV, but doing stuff on Twitch, YouTube, different things like that? Uh, it's a cheat code, um, if I'm being honest. Um, there's uh, professional wrestling is this bubble, right? 
but when you enter this bubble, you find that there's like so many subgroups, um, independent wrestling, um, let's equate it. Well, man, there's so many ways that I can put this, how to put it in in the easiest way to like digest independent wrestling. You have your, you know, whether you're in a barn, whether you're in an arena, whether you're in a gymnasium, you know, all dating all the way back to like kind of the start of professional wrestling in its heyday. It starts out like, you know, just what's the coolest moves? You know, how can you get the, the biggest crowd reaction? Um, and then all of a sudden you segue into, you know, television impact wrestling, you know, AEW more so now than maybe in the beginning. Um, and then, of course, you, you know, the top of the mountain that everyone knows and, and you know, recognizes WWF, WWE, uh, where it's more you can do cool moves. Cool. But it's it's more television based. And like, yes, you're performing for the audience. But at the end of the day, you always see them come back front and center right to the center of the ring and they and they pan towards usually one direction which is called the hard cam to start out at reality wrestling is especially under booker who you know as we all well and know is now with nxt um you know has been with wwe gosh for the past 30 years 20 you know 20 20 30 years um it's a cheat code because a lot of guys get in a ring they're trained by someone who might have had somewhat of a career or maybe they do have some clout to their name um, and they're kind of just, okay, you're trained for X amount of months, go out and get bookings, right? And don't hurt somebody, right? Whereas, you know, you start out at reality wrestling and, you know, hey, you, you learn the intricacies of like, this is the, the, you know, from roles, you start out on roles, right? How to protect yourself and carefully, you know, roll yourself over your shoulders and, you know, flat, you know, flat back bumps into, you know, now flip bumps. And then, you know, you, you're, you're, it's a building block, right? step by step up until you, know, you go through beginner then you go to intermediate then you get to advance and throughout all this process of learning ins and outs of, of, of wrestling um you have that that uh what's the word i'm looking for that um that blessing that, that you know when you do stuff i take a bump right you feed up you know you see let the crowd see your face but then right there is one of your roamers right or you just do a big slam bang you know you, you do your full 360 to the crowd but then you end right there at the hard cam, you know, it's, it's a cheat code of like, you know, this is what we're doing, but always remember, you know, you have thousands upon thousands in the stadium, but then you have millions upon millions at home. Right. So you need to be able to entertain and, and connect with all of those people. And that's why you can make, you know, so many people have certain, you know, statements or certain things that they can make about like COVID. I thought COVID, especially when WWE was doing all of the, uh, the empty arena stuff, that's where you really see who the true master performers are because the, it is silent as you hear a cricket chirp, right? And of course they've started funneling sound in and such, but you know, it's not realistic, right? So how do you tell that story and keep that, that emotion high with not a fan in a seat in the, in the crowd, but yet you have millions upon millions watching at home. It's a cheat code. It is, it is so much more of a blessing than just, Hey buddy, here's how you roll. Here's how you take a slam, go out and, and don't hurt nobody, you know, as opposed to like, building block upon building block upon building block. And, you know, the one thing I'll always say about reality wrestling is that's why you see no matter where in the state of Texas, there's at least at minimum two to three per superstars, man and woman on the marquee, on the poster, anywhere in Texas that was from reality wrestling. It's a cheat code. It's, it's unfair. It is, but. And you learn from one of the greatest to ever do it in the business too. And I'm sure training under Booker is something that, 
you carry with you every time you step in a ring and something. I mean, it just coming across from that explanation there, clearly you've learned so much from his tutelage. So what is it like training under the great Booker T? Man, Booker is, uh, he's a character. <laughs> what you see is, is, uh, what you get. It doesn't matter if he's on NXT, if he's, you know, if you're, you, you know, you're at the show and, you know, he happens to, cause he, he, he does a phenomenal job of, um, staying hidden and letting the talent that he's putting forth soak up the limelight. Cause you know, when you, when you hear like, Oh, Booker's Booker's in, you know, Booker's in, like you come to see a show and sure, you know, it's, in, it's interesting and it's exciting to, you know, see the talent that's up and coming underneath him. But when Booker's there, you want to meet him, right? You just, you got to meet him. Um, but he does a really good job of like hiding and, or like, you know, we don't really have a preferred like back door at the arena. Um, we have back ways that you can kind of get out of the, of the arena. Um, but he'll always find a way to like, you know, snake his way out before people can see him. And he'll have his times, man, where he's, you know, he'll, you know, every once in a while, he'll, you know, give what the fans, you know, what they want. He'll go out there and, you know, kiss some babies and shake some hands. But what you see is what you get, whether it's in the back office on NXT, you know, in the training facility. He's a character. Um, it's crazy. because for So for a lot of us that are more like advanced or that are on shows that are traveling, that are, that are actually out there on the scene, it's not a whole lot of like, coaching quote-unquote but it's tidbits and he'll say something and it's like it's the smallest thing but just like it's, it takes time because booker is very traditional um booker is very um very wise and so he'll say something walk different right one of my one of my guys uh one of my my closest friends um it, he's this bigger burlier guy and the character that he's going for um it, how he's portraying it doesn't exactly equate to how he wants it to come across. And so Booker goes, walk different. And you're kind of like, like, what? Like, walk different? What does it even mean? But it's funny because once you get to know Booker and the intricacies and, like, the way that he explains certain things. And, you know, I've been there for uh, in total three years. And once you figure out, like, what that means, when he says that, you're like, ah, okay. You know, as opposed to someone who maybe hasn't heard that or maybe doesn't know him as well. And it's just like, walk different. What is I don't know how to properly explain it. You just kind of would have to be there. It's just sub, little sub points, and, but it makes all the difference. You name one of these things that walk different for your friend. Can you name like a, one of these little tidbits or little advice he gave to you specifically? Oh, man. He, he, I'm one of his, I'm an, and I, and I, you know what? I always keep it honest. I have a really bad tendency of, I don't want to say forgetfulness. But you got to understand, like when you're performing in, in books, um, words, it's it's live theater, right? Like he's he says it that way. It's a Shakespeare, right? You're supposed to. I can hit a, you know, he's like I can hit a spinning heel kick or an axe kick, right? But anytime, what, what makes that spinning heel kick or axe kick different from the you know twelve billion wrestlers that can throw it, as opposed to when Booker T throws it? Well, you can see the clip where he's, you know, there's the there's the kick, and you know he's got the hands up like that, right? It's 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 portrayal, right? And so the art of pro wrestling is knowing, Hey, we have to do this. We have to do that. We got to go here. We got to go there. Or if it's not discussed, it's not pre-planned and it's on the fly. Um, Cause there is, you know, that difference. You can either call it in the back and then it's, you know, memorize everything and go through it, which if there's a mistake, you can tell all oh, that's planned as opposed to like, even when it's like, Hey, let's call it on the fly. Even if something's weird, you're like, Oh, that was weird. But like, as long as there's action, here's another, you know, Booker saying, as long as there's action, right. There's movement. It looks authentic because at the end of the day, we're wrestling. This is wrestling. Um, for me, I have a hard time of like, if something's pre planned I almost like like calling it on the fly as opposed to like memorizing it because 
when you memorize it, man, you have to remember and think X amount of steps ahead of like what we've got, to, what we're doing, what we're trying to go for, as well as kind of audible and throw some tidbits here and there, because sometimes you might have something planned, but the crowd is a completely different, you know, direction or the crowd is looking for something completely different. So you have to, you know, you, that's, that's, that's the, the magic of pro wrestling. When, when, when you can hear the crowd, know what that, you know, go, you know, give them what they want, or maybe don't give them what they want, depending on if you're a good guy or a bad guy or what have you. Um, my problem is I get too comfortable in the match that like, I'm feeling it as I go that like, I, I, I lose where I'm at. Right. And so like, we'll go for something and you can obviously tell oh, that something's not right there, but then because I'm a worker, I'm a professional, I know how to, you know, audible, you know, whatever we're doing, if it looks a little awkward, whatever, bang, we're, we're here, we're there. I'll put you in a position, send you here, go there, bang. But as Booker says, CJ, this was little things. If I had a penny for every time, I heard some little things. Cause like not putting myself over, but just keeping it real. I'm, I'm, one of the best kept secrets in Texas and it just didn't only matter of time before, you know, it, it, you know, blows the roof off and or nationally. And I know that, um, in all modesty and humbleness, but there is, you know, an understanding of like, I know what I'm capable of and what I have to operate. You don't have two championships and, you know, in talks with other promoters of, you know, future, you know, or future opportunities and gold, you know, for, excuse my language, shits and giggles, right? Like there's a reason, but it, it's frustrating. Like with me, when, you know, like, you, you know, you know where you want to be and what you're capable of. And why am I not getting this? You know, like, you know, like I'll do something and it's like, I'll give you an example. We were doing a drill uh, training and I couldn't even tell you the full sequence, but essentially it was, I come off the ropes, go over for a sunset flip. He rolls through, um, off the roll through. I try and pin him. Oh no, he got away. Then he comes at me with a cross body. As soon as he lands it, one kick out. Now we're back up to our feet and our fight stance. Right. And I came off the rope and I'm doing everything. I'm flying through this, our third or fourth sequence of the night, you know, Booker just walks in and, uh, you know, I'm killing it that night. Everything's going great. I'm looking good. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on fire. I'm moving. Everything's working. Everything's, you know, feeling good. And I come off the ropes and I, and I, I catch myself and I pull myself back because I brain farted for that split second of the sunset flip. Right. So. Um, I forget what the filler was there. I, I think I grabbed whatever. He looks up to go for it. He comes at me. I give him, you know, I, I give him the boot, which is an audible, right? Um, give him the boot, then roll over him, uh, throw him back. He goes, what happened? I say, just give it to me. He comes back, you know, gives me the cross body, throw him off. And I come up. And as soon as I come up my fight stance, my head's right here. And I'm like, before, I, before anyone says anything, I'm just like, I already know. Here comes book. And lo and behold, here we go with the CJ, just little things. You know, I'm like. You know, and he, for me, it's, you know, I'm predominantly a bad guy. So essentially I have to have my quote unquote playbook of when we're in the match, what's a sequence or what's, you know, a spot or two or three that I can do to give the other guy life. Right. Because I have a tendency of, of, you know, these muscles, this, this brawn, you know, this, this uh, aggressiveness is essentially a shoot as they, you know, as they say, it's, it's, this is real. Like I get in that, in that ring and I, and I let the other person know, like you're in my house. You know what I mean? This is my ring. When I step in it, that you're you're gonna we're gonna compete, and you're gonna feel it, right? I have a tendency of of, of having great matches, but how do you really get that? This is awesome, chant, right? You tell a story, and that's ultimately the goal. Um, and I'll have certain things that I'll do, you know, and it can all be better. That's that's ultimately what it boils down to. So, you know, when when book says, you know, it's little things, you know, to your to your question that I've now rambled on for ten minutes about. <laughs> Um, it's the little things, uh, and, um, you know, have your, have your playbook. 
right? Have your playbook. People are going to be like, what does that mean, have your playbook? Like, know your moves? You don't know your moves? No, I know my moves. I know what he means by when he tells me have my playbook. To answer your question 20 minutes later. <laughs> so I know you've been in, like, match types, like the Rumble matches and, like, Battle Royale matches. So, and you've obviously gone the distance in, in both of those types of matches. So how is it different? You know, you're, you're saying, you know, like utilizing your playbook and, and kind of you like to call things on the fly. What's different between a match like that and uh, just a regular singles match one-on-one? Oh, man. So when you have, so when you have, so uh, the difference, I've only been in two. One was a 20, oh, man, 27, something like that, uh, man and woman rumble. And then the other was like a, I don't even know. It was like a team. Like I think I said 33 on the post or something when I uploaded when I uploaded it when I talked about it. Anyways, at, at Reality Wrestling, it was it was like the king of the summer to kick off the, the summer of champions event that we were doing. That was just on the fly. We had like, we had our main sequence of like because you know obviously as we know, shocker, you know wrestling is is predetermined, right? It's very much real. It's very much real. Okay, so that, that's what that's the that's where you get the heat of like well fake. Listen, it is scripted, okay? You go to the movies, you see Marvel, right? You go to Medieval Times. Y'all know what Medieval Times is? Oh, yeah. Yes. You go to Medieval Times. I love Medieval Times. Oh, my God. You go to Medieval Times, but you can't watch pro wrestling? That That's the point, right? That's what it is. So the rumble at Reality Wrestling, right? You don't. You really you only have X amount of um, – what's the point of the match, really? Booker, Booker's whole keys to a match, really, in, in your note of like a singles match. There's the first two points, and if, I really hope you have some wrestlers that are going to be listening to this because there's a lot of tidbits they can really take. You know, who am I? But I know some stuff. Um, Booker says, what's, what's, what's the first thing that matters, right? The time. Okay, the time matters. You got 20 minutes. You got 10 minutes. You got five minutes. You know, I've had times where it's, hey, you got five minutes, curtain to curtain. So we have three minutes of action. Five minutes, curtain to curtain, usually a minute per entrance. Three minutes of action. Right. The second, the second point, the story. Right. So five minutes, curtain to curtain. It's a three minute match. Jay's going over. That means I got to beat the holy hell out of this dude. It's a squash match. Right. You got 20 minutes bell to bell. OK. What is the, 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 the story? There's no story. All right. Let's just go out there and have a good match. There's no story. Right. Like let's let's tell a story. Right. And then the, the, the guys and the, you know, the two guys in the match can can tell that story. Uh, 20, you know, you have 20 minutes in a, uh, in a last man standing match, which, you know, I just had for the APW heavyweight championship, right? We had, me and this guy had seen each other in three different companies. Um, he backstabbed me as a teammate. Uh, we tagged together, backstabbed me, left me for dead, uh, against this the other team who capitalized on like a shield power bomb, never taken one of those again, worst bump I've ever taken in my life. I saw him again on a one-on-one for the IWE championship qualifier. He got over by the skin of his teeth on that one and moved along. So for me, it was Hey, I'm going to see you. I'm going to beat your ass. You know, it's, it's over. It's done. You're done. Went to his house, APW challenged him for his title. No contest came back. How do you, how do you end this now? Four matches, right? Going into it. How do you end it? Right. The story is, well, you got 30 minutes in the last man standing main event for the APW, you know, APW championship, um, last man standing match. Well, that tells itself, right? You have the fourth match. Now someone's going to have a winner. And even the GM had gone on record on the, on his podcast and said, I don't care if they both go down for 10. I will walk out there, stand them up in the corners and restart the match. And they'll go another 30 minutes. Right. That's the story. So some stories write themselves and you just have to, you take 30 minutes, you know, last man standing. What do you want to do? 
beat the holy hell out of each other. You might have a certain sequence where, hey, I go here and do this, boom. You go here and you go do this, boom. But then all that gray area, we call it peppering, all that gray area, beat the holy hell out of each other. That's the story. So you have that in a one-on-one. But when you have like the rumble, hey, just tell a story, you know, like not tell a story, but like make it interesting. You know, the crowd just wants to see crazy stuff, you know, whatever. There's one big guy, everyone takes him out. You know, that, that stuff's kind of easy to go through. It's just on the fly. You're talking to someone, hey, bang, bang. Hey, take a line out. Okay, boom, you line them out, whatever. It's it's really easy to, to talk and, and to, you know, because there's so much going on. Um, but when you get down to that like handful, like, you know, me, I think it was me, Tommy, um, Dylan, I think there's one other person, I think Rudy, Nathan. Anyway, that's where you start, you know, having your sequences and your spots, right? Of like, all right, you know, we're going to go here, go here, do this, do that. Boom, boom, boom. You're going to go here. You're going to feed it, you know, and you start kind of painting it out. That's where you kind of tell like, quote unquote, the story. Cause that's where it matters is the, like the last few people, same kind of concept that uh, Lions pride, love Lions pride. That's a, another a company. When you talk about reality of wrestling, if, uh, if I give my ode to anything as Lions Pride Sports out in Bryan College Station, uh, definitely if, if you're, you know, you guys, if you're a wrestling fan, whatever, uh, definitely check them out. They have a, a great production, um, similar, some, not a, as big of a reach, obviously, as Reality of Wrestling because it's not Booker T, but they definitely have a amazing production out there in Aggieland. That's my second home I look at. Um, uh, that was the other rumble. That was more of a almost a 30 man, but it was like a 27 or 26 man and woman Royal rumble. And honestly, that whole rumble, I don't know if y'all saw that was, was honestly built around me. Like I was the, that was, I was the nucleus of that because they had had me, they were pushing the guy that won for the championship, but anyone in that company knows. And in the way that I was brought into that company is from day one that I was brought into that company. I was almost like, uh, that it's it's any wrestlers you know excuse my language any any wrestlers wet dream right you you get brought into a company f everyone up destroy everyone beat his ass kill his manager you know cut up grab the mic cut a mean promo i didn't it got so my heat got so high in that in that company that i didn't say a word i would just my music would hit and i would i literally remember one of the grudge matches i did my music hit and i come out and i'm surrounded at the curtain by people just ooh, like thumbs in my faces. And it's just like, man, th- that is a heels dream is to just your music hits and you're already just there spitting at you already. Um, but that, that Royal rumble was tough because um, I walk in and I have all 20 some odd people. Hey, so I, I got a spot with you. I'm like, all of y'all have spots with me. I was like, okay. I was like, I'm out. I was like, if, you, if you're if you're not significant in this rumble, no offense, we don't. I'm, we're not doing a spot. We're not doing a spot. You, I'll come. You know, you come in. I'll confront you, and we, you know, you can you can get something in on me at the end of the day. I'm gonna set you down because that was the point. They all have to, they all have to challenge the. Even though I'm not the champion or I'm not the top guy in that company, I am. I don't know the right words you could say. Like, the guy, right? Like I'm that mf'er. Until we got to the final sequence, I'm like, all right, y'all two or three matter, right? So what are we doing? That's that's the difference between like a one-on-one. The preparation is, of course, different, but a rumble and a and a and a God, what's the other a rumble, a royal rumble, and a um a battle royal. Battle royal. Yes, a royal rumble and a battle royal, um, as opposed to like singles. Like 
typically you can tell a story in all aspects, right? Because that's what essentially pro wrestling is, is storytelling. But the time and the backstory is what matters most. So the story that we told is, hey, Jay's that guy. You know, everyone thinks that, you know, of course, throughout that Royal Rumble that I'm just going to destroy it, which I did, destroyed everyone and, and, and walk out, you know, facing the champion that night. And it gets down to me. And, and honestly, it was also the story of uh, story of attrition because, uh, number one, last all the way to the end, ended up winning. And then number two, I pretty much threw out because he was just a gimmick. Um, but I was number three, so essentially two. So one and two lasted throughout the entire Royal Rumble. And the person they thought was going to win, right, uh, ended up losing. And the way that we did that even, the story behind that was, hey, when we first met, I slapped the living daylights out of you. And the crowd lost their mind, right? So instead of just throwing me to the floor, let me slip on a banana peel, right? And you have this, they're thinking you can just clean my clock, but you just slap the piss out of me. And I collapsed the floor. So that was a story that we told that I wanted to get over. It's the same as like, they had me do this spot with this female and they wanted me to swipe her feet. I'm like, dude, I'm a 220 pound behemoth, you know, but you want me to swipe this little girl's feet. I was like, if it's cool with her, um, she eliminates oh girl, her, her rival over the top rope. And she's, you know, this prodigy, this young you know, super baby, baby face, you know, everyone loses their minds. All the little girls love her in the crowd. And what's better than me, like coming over and swiping her feet and her just falling. I'm like, man, that's a moment. Like Booker, Booker is huge on moment. I don't give a rat's tail what moves you can do. If you give a get big shoulder block, you know, get the shoulder block off and just. Because no one wants to see the good guy get, you know, pummeled. And then the bad guy standing over him like. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's just, it makes you, makes you a few, right? You, you know? So I was like, man, I walk right up to her behind her and I'm, you know, right here. Everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God. The minch turns around right there, guzzle her neck, right? Hold her out like this. Just, you know, I'm mouthing sweet nothing to her. You know, the crowd, it looks like I'm talking mess to her, but like, you're so beautiful. I love you. You know, you're so sweet. You know, I'm just whispering sweet nothings to her. The crowd thinks that I'm snarling at her and saying, you know, horrible things to her. Just throw her down, right? She takes a mat, just kick her out. When I did that, all you hear is screeches from every little girl in that crowd, just mortified. Didn't didn't hit her, didn't didn't do anything that because you know there's a distaste, you know, crossing the line of certain aspects. Right? We keep it tasteful, right? This is entertainment. Good guzzle, hold her out, let that moment sink in, talk mad mess. Let her fall. That's the story. It's it's just it's uh it's entertainment, but there's no real like difference. I I, I don't really have a favorite like like match. Like, would I rather be in a battle royal? Would I rather be in a singles? Would I would rather get paid and have a championship over my shoulder. <laughs> That's what I'd rather, honestly. So, if you want to put me in a Royal Rumble and I'm getting a fat check and a, and, a, and a chance at a championship and or a championship or singles. I'm getting paid with the championship. I'll take either or over. That's all I care about. That's that's the goal right there. Obviously, I, when we have a guest on, we got we got to do our research, watch a few matches if we haven't. So I watched a few today and watched both your recent uh, both your title matches, one with Drake Durden and one with Galero. And uh, you talking about how you're always the biggest, strongest guy out there and that's your gimmick that you're you're the texas terminator you're you're gonna beat someone up you're the big bad but uh durden is a seven foot tall monster mm -hmm. 
how is just that dynamic of you being the small oh, guy for once? It's so fun. I I honestly prefer bigger guys because if there's an off chance that I can, because then I don't have to like muscle them around the whole match, right? Because um, that's what you do typically. Any guys that are my my size or smaller, I have to kind of just toss them around like a rag doll. And that's all well and good. They expect that, right? So then it's like, how do we tell the story of like, how do we get them over with, with their agility, their speed to, to, you know, to keep them in the match, right? Um, with a big guy, I can have some fun because your t- was, the, was the background, was it Warpath? Was it Blue? I think that was the only one that was released with Durden. Yeah, it, it is Warpath. It is yeah. Warpath. So, so they didn't show the follow-up because in that one, I, I stole it. Like, okay, so I'm going to, I don't give a, I'll get the heat for it. I hated that booking um wrestling doesn't make sense and that infuriates me because it can in that booking as you saw i had him beat right it was a good match but you know i was coming out on top i was catching him um ultimately the story that we had booked it on the card they had it where i steal the championship and what and, and leave and i'm like that's so corny i'm not that type of bad guy where i just like oh you know but you have you ultimately like i'm getting paid to do this job Sometimes you got to bite the bullet and play the game because that's what pro wrestling is. If I'm going to let y'all in on any secret, wrestling, no matter where you're at and what level you're at, not again, I'll take the heat for this, but I stand by it. Is is here's a here's a pile of, of poo poo, right? Doctor up however you see fit and make it edible. That's that's essentially wrestling a lot of the time. Bookings make no sense. The storyline that you're that you're pushing, you're like, what is this, right? I walk in, I see the card, and I'm like. Not one person in this audience doesn't think that I can't walk out of the champion without, without the champion tonight. But I'm doing, I have to steal the championship, leave, and then come back and cut a promo. If you stole a championship, you're hit, you're jumping in the car and you're hightailing it out there, right? Because that was the booking of, hey, take the championship because you have a bunch of bookings across Texas and, and flaunt it as, as you're the champion. And I'm like, or... I can cheat and beat him and be the champion and do it legitimately and then come back and do the rematch, which he's typically obligated to get in his contract and he can win it back. Oh, and then a novel idea, but you know, that's too easy. So I steal this championship and the way that we made it edible is he keeps getting up. He keeps getting up. I get tired. I take the chair. I, I untie the thing, the turnbuckle. He goes and he, he uh, reattaches it. Well, while he's attaching it, okay, good. He's distracted. Here's the belt. Hit him with the belt, but the ref sees it. Ding, ding, ding. You're disqualified. Why that's fun is when it's a bigger guy, I can't be stronger than him, right? It doesn't make sense. Because if I'm stronger than him, then what does he have, right? What What's something that he can use to get over on me? So the essence of that is, and as you saw, I did a bomb-ass whisper in the wind, <laughs> right? That's that I can do some crazy athletic one of my things is there's a picture. I don't know if you've seen it. It's me doing a moonsault, right? I, I have a beautiful moonsault. I can do the handstand. You know, I can do the one of the, the things I did, and actually it didn't get posted because the promoter was fuming at me because he said, you're supposed to be this big, strong boy. What are you doing doing these flips? You're not a flippy boy. And I'm like, if you're not going to – and I'm going I'm to keep it real. I'm looking at it like, man, I love you to death. I would go to war, with, go to war for you. You pay me well. But if you're not going to legitimize my character and put a championship on me, because there's only so many times that I can fight for the championship. There's only so many times that I can take out your top guy without it just being, you know, oh, well, here he is another championship match. He's going to, you know, what's going to, how's he going to lose this time? Right. I'm going to get my highlight reels. I'm going to get my pictures. I'm going to get my videos. I'm going to get my, my gifts. That's going to trend on Twitter and what have you. I'm going to make myself prominent. 
at the expense of. So that's what I did. I set the big guy down. Actually, it was Durden again. And some actually didn't get aired because they were mad at me. Um, I did a, uh, a front flip off my head into a um, front roll off of him and jumped up. Just did a, a uh, another whisper in the wind across the ring because he wasn't in the middle of the ring. So I had to clear pretty much the entire length of the the ring. Landed on it. He sold up. I ran, did a handstand. This is a whole whole spot, a whole sequence. Uh, nipped up, ran across him, did a handstand into a moonsault and landed it. There's a sequence. And I had all of that. And they were fuming because I'm the flip. Uh, you're not a flippy dippy boy. Well, it's like, well, if you're going to give me a stupid booking, I love you to death. I, I, you know, that's how I'm going to get my best out of it. Right. I'm not going to be an ass or, you know, I, I take the heat. I stand by what I do. But at the end of the day, what also, what am I, what can I do? Like, you have the, which in that match, the booking too, the guy that was supposed to be in my corner was supposed to leave me. So he's not going to show much of what he has, right? Because he's supposed to screw me because we're two heels on the, uh, against these two good guys. So it's like, essentially, I'm gonna, I, I can do so much more than just press somebody over their head. If I had to give you an example, just to kind of wrap up this whole ramble again, Brian Cage. Right, that's... I take a lot of what I do from Brian Cage and uh, Alexander Hammerstone, right? Or two of my top like, go-tos for athleticism and, and big man stunts. But ultimately, I'll face anybody, but facing someone like Durden, it's it's fun because I get to show more than just strength. I can do everything. You know, I can do a, 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 a you know, Booker T scissor kick. I can do a handstand, you know, flip. I can do a Jeff Hardy moonsault or a Jeff Hardy whisper in the wind. Uh, I can do a, a, a AJ Styles Pele kick. You know, I can do anything. It just it just really depends on who I'm facing, what the point is. And at that point, too, it's a spectacle. Like, that's what I don't get about it because I love the big, meaty men slapping meat. Like, that mm -hmm. is my kind of wrestling. I love hosses. But, like, when you see one pull out, like, a, even just like a kip up, like, you're just like, holy shit. Like, that just... Braun's kip up when Braun Strowman did a kip up, and, and typically guys are like don't do that. Why? You, why oh my god! Like it's lose, they lose their mind. Like don't do that because then we have you know guys on the show like you know you have your you know Cedric Alexander, your AJ Styles. What can they do now? It's like dude, it's a kip up, relax. And especially when you're a big meaty man, if did I just see that? I'll give you an, I'll give you another example: Brian Cage and Wardlow. Now that's AEW, so it's there's their TV wrestling, but it's a lot more indie there than like say a WWE. But again, you see guys like, you know, Wardlow, who did a freaking whisper in the wind. And not only did he do a whisper in the wind, he cleared Brian Cage. And Brian Cage is not a small man. Wardlow is not a small man. So to clear Brian Cage in a clean whisper in the wind, you know, Brian Cage doing a 619, you know, it, that's not as easy as it looks, right? Because you've got all of 250 plus, 240 plus weight that you have to balance, you know, trying to do. I, I challenge anybody that thinks, you know, oh, I can do that. Give me five minutes in the ring with you. You can't do that, no matter how easy it looks. They make it look easy, hence the professional and professional wrestling. It's like another thing too. It's like I'm, truth be told, man. Like I'm not a big guy. If we're just shooting here, it's like, man, you know, I'm shoot five eight two thirty. That's my legitimate height and weight. When I'm in the ring, I'm five ten. I'll probably stick with two thirty, right, two twenty five, because I don't want to be too big. I need to keep some sort of athleticism in there, especially if I'm facing someone and I'm closer. Like if you see Edge Stone, love that mofo, man. That's one of my favorite people. Edge Stone is 6'4 in boots and all of 215. Well, if you see us together, I got some thickness, but he looks bigger than me. So I'm typically going to be like, okay, Edge, what are you? You're two, you'll say you're, you're 230 yard, I'll be 220. So it can be legitimate, right? Like there's 
you know, no one that you see on WWE.com, like Johnny Gargano, 5'11", Adam Cole, 5'10". You see what I'm saying? Like, height and weights are manipulated. So I'm not a big, by any means, I'm not a big guy, right? Big guy. I've got some good girth and thickness to me. And on camera and TV, it looks well. Um, and the strength is real, right? The athleticism is real. But when I go to NXT and I've got a face veer or, you know, shoot, if I'm lucky enough to make it to, like, Raw and, you know, I, I have to face almost, like, Jay's not that big of a guy. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? So, like, anyway, I digress. I can go on for hours on the soapbox. So, I mean, we love hearing the soapbox. I think everything you've said so far has been extremely insightful, and I, I've been eating up everything you're saying. So I appreciate that. And, and, and you know, I'm not – professional wrestling, I mean, much like anything, is is – so rewarding and it can be so humbling and you can just like be on the way home from a trip and just like ah, i am living the life right and then other times you're just like what in the flying f am i doing what is the point <laughs> like where is this going why is this even like it's such a it is such a, it's you're in a you're in a relationship with professional wrestling is, is what it is like it's your favorite mistress but then other times you just like when she's sleepy she put a pillow over her head <laughs> like just keeping it real you know what i mean i we totally get it i mean we've talked to plenty of wrestlers and we've we've heard stories both good and bad and some of them it's just like holy shit like this wrestling thing that people do is wild you know we're just two dudes with the podcast <laughs> we're yeah, not the ones that can do the damn thing that's funny so I just want to ask, just because you know we're talking a lot about your athleticism and and that mm -hmm. you're not a big guy, but you've done both professional bodybuilding mm -hmm. and you've also done arena football. Mm -hmm. So like both of those are extremely disciplined things. Um, you know, I've I've played football myself for quite a few years and completely understand you know how how difficult it can be to work in that aspect and just kind of work to be better. So what parts of kind of your arena football and your bodybuilding styles have you translated to wrestling in terms of like your character or um, you know, even just how you work out? Um, so bodybuilding is easy. Um, that's because everything in wrestling is, is your look, right? Just from a fundamental standpoint. Um, I know when I first went to my camp in 2018, the fans came books. Um, my athleticism and stuff stood out, but I didn't take my shirt off or I didn't, you know, there wasn't any like actual representation of what I looked like. It's knew, Okay. This kid's an athlete. He can move, you know, and they obviously, this is how I came to wrestle is because, you know, books said we want to, you know, bring you back to train full time. And I said, oh, well, you know, I was, I was in college. Let me get my degree. You know, and I was a junior. I was like, let me get my degree. I'll be back in a year, year and a half tops. Right. So he did that. Go get your degree. We'll be here. So sweet. So bodybuilding translated just effortlessly. Right. And, and obviously, when I first got like into professional wrestling, I was stupid lean. I was way more cut. Every little vein, every little, you know, I was sliced and diced. But that was the program, right? Like that was the point of, you know, hey, we want to get you noticed. So let's, you know, make you look as cut and as lean and dry as possible. So I was doing like minimal carbs on certain days, no carbs on off, off training days. And so, you know, I would come in you know, dying for bread, you know, for, a, for a real bite to eat, but man, you could see every striation, every vein. And so when you see a guy like that, you're like, yo, who is that? Right. And especially with my athleticism, it's just, it just, the marriage is perfect. And so I only really trained really. And honestly, it's because of COVID truthfully that for like maybe 10 months, right. Or, you know, and then COVID obviously, cause I came in August of 2019, uh, obviously what August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. So 
about March of 2020, world shuts down. So that's about seven months. So I can only imagine the talks in the production office of like, hey, let's gear Jay up and get ready, you know, get him ready for, you know, for, for, for the show. And then COVID hits, well, now pause. Now we can, we have to, you know, go back kind of like the, the drawing board because um, shutting, you know, we shut down all the training, you know, whatever. So there were guys that had keys that were kind of sneaking in and, you know, rolling around and doing what they're supposed to and then wiping everything down. And, you know, when they weren't supposed to be there, they had keys. So how do you, you know, you can't keep track of them. Um, but then you fast forward March, what, April, May, and then like, more towards the summer, we kind of had that, like, where things slowly kind of started opening up, and let's see where we're at, and all of a sudden, Delta comes back, and then, hey, let's, you know, we're shutting back down again, but uh, essentially, when it started kind of opening back up, that's when we started saying, okay, how can we run shows and and, and um, get our get our guys out there and keep doing something and get, you know, entertaining fans, because this is a hard time for a lot of people, too. No one likes to be pooped in their house, you know, X amount of hours of the day, so how do we get the fans out there and, and make a difference, too? So we do the drive-in shows. So there we are, extra three months, you know, I'm training, right? So I'm sliding in when I can get into the train. So I'm staying on top of my stuff. You know, there's my debut, but bodybuilding was just effortless. And then obviously now that I'm on the show, you know, been on the show, hey, let's, you know, you're a lot more under, you know, you're a lot undersized, you know, than a lot of the guys at the top. Let's put some meat on you, right? So from then on, pretty much from like 2021, mid, mid 2020, like 21, like early 2021 to mid 2021, so about now it's like, Hey, it's just, we're packing on size. So obviously I still look good, you know, but uh, you know, I've got a little bit more thickness. My abs are as shredded, you know, uh, you know, when I hit my, you know, pose right there, like even right here, you can still see certain things but like the veins aren't just shooting out like it used to stuff like that. So it's just, it's been more so packing on size, but bodybuilding translated very well. And, and, and even that another cheat code there is, you know, I got with um, I have pro Aaron Sparenberg who ran with Ronnie Coleman. Uh, was a Ronnie Coleman athlete, uh, Gorilla Wear, who uh, Brandon Curry won the Olympia that year. So he was, you, you got Brandon Curry and, uh, and Ronnie Coleman and, you know, on your side, like that's a, and I'm, you know, a 20, what, 2021, what, that's probably four years. So about 23, 22, 23 year old with uh, a guy that's running with, you know, the, the, win, the Olympia winning Brandon Curry, you know, Gorilla Wear and, and Ronnie Coleman, like that's, we, we had a business deal and I was paying pennies on the dollar to what his clients were paying him thousands and thousands. And, uh, that's a whole other story in and of itself that we have to record another podcast. So I digress there, but man, I had Aaron Sparenberg um, to get me in the best shape of my life, um, which expedite. And then, you know, obviously book is, is an old fashioned traditional guy. So he liked the bigger, the brawner, the guys. Um, so that also helped me out as well. Um, and then arena football, uh, just the physicality. It's it's when you when you're an athlete, it kind of tra- it can or can't translate into a wrestling ring. Uh, there's been a lot of guys that have gotten a little to the pro leagues that man, they it just doesn't acclimate. Wrestling is one of those where you got it or you don't. Um, and if you don't, and you just bust your rear and train for years on end, you might get it, but it's never promised. Um, so it just depends. So football, I think the only thing that football really that really transferred over was um, being told them a worthless pos. You know, when you when you hear that throughout your life, you know, from hard nosed coaches, because, you know, I came up in the generation you know, I'm, I'm 95, which you know, I'm still young. Um, but I think 95, truthfully, I stick by that was like the last generation of like, un- like understands. I'll say I'm I'm 97 and I definitely got a little bit yeah. of that. too. So right? so there, you know, there's your mid I would say more of your mid 90s babies were kind of like the last real generation of like real like realism, like realism in the world. Um, where like I play, you know, you play sports and like, you know, you get coaches throwing their play sheets. God, 
bleep it, you know, da-da-da-da, you sorry piece of get off the field, you know, grabbing the face mask and, and throwing you to the side. And I'm not saying that was justified or right, but you know, it's it's just different, it's a different time, you know, like um, so when that, you know, you you would get to wrestling and like I would have someone talking, uh, talking to me about a move or something, and I was trying to help him out or explain it and and you know, bless him. I love him to death, but he's one of the harshest trainers, Gina Medina at Reality Wrestling. He's one of the most world renowned, you know, signed with MLW. He's currently in Florida training in the dungeon with Natalia and um and TJ. Uh one of the best in-ring talents, bar none. And he's, he, excuse me. You look at him. I'm gonna need you to stop talking. All right, shut the hell up. All right, you're doing this too much. Right, whereas most people, oh, you know, like, yes, sir. And I'm saying this. I'm saying yes, sir. This dude. This dude's what a year younger than me, but he's got six or seven years on me in the ring. Right, so you know, it's it's respect. You know what I mean? And, and you know, I didn't say another word since. Right, and there were guys that you know, we're doing uh, float overs. Right, where I go for a body, you know, go for a body slam float over, you know, and we're having trouble getting the form down and there's just two rookies that really haven't even surpassed their conditioning and they're laughing and Gino's like get your shit and get out and they're just like he's like no I'm talking to y'all get your shit and get out and you're like almost dumbfounded that he's talking to you and he's like no like you, you want to laugh and you want to be disrespectful to people either you, you I, if if you were at this level I'll tell you to get your ass in here now and I would mess you up but no get out obviously I'm, I'm fabricating a little bit he's, he's not he's not that bad but he there is a, a certain level of like of respect that goes into it and he calls you out on it like get your shit and get out he did say that yeah get your shit and get out i want to see you in here until you can learn respect and that that you know that's going to push a lot of people the wrong way especially in this day and age but you know then you're you served you get your stuff and you got out you came back the next day and or you know if, if you were you came back they said nope it's too soon leave uh came back in the next week or whatever and you got a second chance if you were lucky just a different time so football here and there, because um, just you have the discipline from being an athlete, and then bodybuilding was just natural. Right, so you just bring out like a uh, tough training and training with guys you respect. And we saw like uh, I saw on Instagram, you also had a little session with Allison Danger and Athena. Mm-hmm. Who are some other people you'd like to in the future train with or have a seminar under? Everybody. Uh, I think there's really no. I actually got clowned on that. To be honest, um, Allison Danger came out with a seminar and. And, you know, it's all, oh, it's a, that's an all female thing. And it's like, man, that's funny that you say that because that was the most informative seminar that I've had bar none. I've been in Ricky Marvin's seminar. I've been in EC3's seminar. Um, that was actually a CYN tryout too. And I impressed the hell out of him, but Braun went to WWE and then he went to NWA. So it kind of uh, pretty much axed, um, but always the future. Uh, so I'm often about that, but um, I was, I was, Scheduled to fight Shane Taylor. Uh, I did do that match, but that day um, there was a Mike Bennett, uh, Michael Bennett seminar, and uh, I had uh, taken a. I had taken. I've never gotten severely or significantly injured in wrestling yet, you know. Thankfully, um, but I had a match. I had two matches within a week's period of time against the same guy, and it wasn't his fault. But essentially, I ducked the line and came up too fast, and when he threw his clothesline my the back of my neck struck his elbow when I came up and it instantly sent me out. So long so I'm not, I'm not gonna go into that whole spiel that takes too much time. But um ultimately I didn't go to the Mike Bennett seminar because I was a little bit loopy and I wanted to um get some extra rest and in going into that weekend. So I was supposed to face Shane Taylor that, that night. 
I probably shouldn't have faced Shane Taylor, uh, but I did anyway because it's Shane Taylor, and you know, you're you're as an up and comer, like you want to get in the ring and show off against everybody that you possibly can, especially at that level. And uh, had a fantastic match, um, and Shane took phenomenal care of me. Um, I can't speak highly enough about um, what a standout guy Shane Taylor is. Really, everyone in the business that I have had the pleasure of working or working with has been very significant and, and very. Uh, it's been awesome, to say the least. I really have nothing bad to say about anybody, truthfully. Truthfully, and trust me, I'm I'm not the type of guy to pull punches. I would say if I felt it, um, but everybody that I've ever been in the, had the, had the chance to mix it up with has been phenomenal. As far as seminars and such, man, everyone and anyone, there's guy, girl, there's no, any knowledge you can soak up and attain is, is imperative is understatement, significant is understatement. Alice in danger, you know, we got there from the minute that the time hit, the whistle came out and she blew it. It was a, uh, it was an, it was an NXT tryout. She ran it like a tryout man, woman, she didn't care. Um, and the coolest part of that seminar was people were, were, were doing these drills where it's, you get in the ring, you, you do the spot, you run out. We did it probably 10 times. And people were gassed and they were f- like flies falling out left and right. So what they look for in these seminars, I already knew this, you know, obviously from Booker and, and you know, AQA and Roxy and, and uh, the, you know, the Usos and Athena. Like, you know, you can name the list of people who have gone through, you know, books, you know, Bobby Lashley, Shelton Benjamin you know the amount of people that have gone through row and you get the inside scoop to on these tryouts and or from from the it's not just what you do in the ring and the little things but it's also how you conduct yourself when you're not in the ring and so when i wasn't in the ring i'm di- i'm gassed too but you know what? we don't have time to be gassed i don't have time to be tired it's not a thought in my head right i don't care the, the brain's gonna do what the body tell or the body's gonna do what the brain tells it to so if you're if you're if your brain is saying let's move mother let's we're moving tired what is that your body's gonna do it and so I'm sitting here like, let's go, bring that ass, let's go, get, we're going, let's go. And people that weren't jumping in the ring, I was sliding in front of them. And, and I'll be damned if uh, in, in that tryout or in that seminar, we're doing the spot and I'm whatever, this, that, or the other. I turn around to, to do mine, and here comes Athena, right? You're talking about AEW, former NXT champion Athena, and me and her are swinging for the ropes. And, and we're doing this drill together. And I'm like, and, and you, I slide out the ring, I'm like, yeah, bro. I just went 10 times, but I, I could have gone 10 more. Like you're in the ring with an AEW superstar, former NXT champion, you know, like this is this is what you this is what you live for. I'm like, how does that not? And I'm looking out at everybody in there. I'm like, and I'm I'm just as gassed, but you wouldn't know because I'm just elated. I'm like, that is what I live for. That's how I know that I'm this is what I'm supposed to do. Because to have that moment is something that you can't do this drill with these, with these people, these up and comers and turn around and there's Ember Moon, Athena, like doing these drills with you. Like, come on, get out of here. That's just so like incredible to me. Like, like I just see these people on television and I'm sure, you know, you are somebody who works within the business yourself and Mm -hmm. it's just the, the ability to even just, just touch these people, you know, like just to be able to share a ring with them is, is mind blowing to me. Pick their brain is, is it's, um, yeah, we uh, we went to the seminar and we sat there and and I mean you had a pen and pen and paper and you're just because Alice in Danger and Athena were telling you if you have a tryout don't go to the outside you should, you don't put your hands on the top row and they're just giving you the answers to the test are you kidding me my 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 the gym that I train at is the voice of NXT the the he's, he's a two-time Hall of Famer right in Booker T he's the voice of NXT right 
officials. I don't know how many times. Like I remember being uh, before I got to to, to row reality wrestling, AQA. Uh, you know, um, former. Uh, she had gone through WWE, had some health problems, and gotten released, and then got signed to AEW. Um, texted me and she's like, "You'll never guess who's at the gym right now." And I was, "Oh, who?" She's like, "Triple H and um, a few, a handful of WWE officials." This is still in the Vince era, and this is like, you know, three or four some odd years back. It's right before I got there, and she's like, "Yeah, they're they're touring the facility. They're they're there's a potential opportunity or whatever. I don't know what all was true and what wasn't or what have you." And she's like, "You know that they're gonna make Row a feeder, kind of like OVW was in the earlier 2000s." And so I was like, dude, that would be sick. Um, I don't know what came about it or whatever. You know, fast forward, we have all these opportunities. I mean, we're getting pulled by production all the time at Reality Wrestling that, you know, this person's watching. Or, hey, Chris Jericho was was curious about something that Gino did. And, and you know, you'll, you know, I'm walking to the back and there's Shelton Benjamin right there. You know, what's going on, brother? Like, huge fan, man. Uh, what, you know, is there anything you can tell me about this or that or whatever? Like, what do you see? It, it's, it's crazy that, like, you know, this dude was just, you know, just, it just, it just jumped whatever on, you know, in the hurt business. And now he's in the, in our gym, you know, rolling around with some of our guys and, you know, Bobby, Bobby Lashley, uh, kind of same concept, um, come through and, you know, ask the book to, you know, polish some stuff and he's rolling around in our ring, same ring that I just took a bump in and, and such. And then, you know, again, uh, you, you know, you go to, you know, this seminar and, you know, you're getting fed these, these tidbits that, you know, no one would know about, you know, and you think, well, I have to have some, you know, I'm, I'm have this tryout, so I got to throw everything. I got to throw the kitchen sink and that's not at all what they want to see to get those tidbits. And then even, to, you know, get the opportunity to get in the ring and, and get feedback, excuse me, to get feedback from an Athena or an Alice in danger. But then lo and behold, you're doing cardio drills with Alice in danger. Who's running it as a coach. You know, that's crazy in and of itself and cool. And then you turn around after doing this drill and there's Athena coming to throw a clothesline at you. And now you're doing the roles with her and, to get that critique, to get that feedback, you know, from these, from these superstars, these, these studs in this world who have this, this, this industry have done so much. Um, and then to get a chance to run it with them and give them a hug or whatever, or like, Hey man, you're awesome. And then, you know, to get the feedback from them, from your producer, because, you know, they can be petty and say, Oh, you did, you did amazing. And then tell your producer, whatever on the phone, I mean, they suck. They need, they need to go back to square one or whatever. And so to get back and my, you know, my producer texts me and says, Hey, really, uh, really impressed Athena and, um, and Alice in danger. I'm like, so it's my tryout, you know? So no, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, I'll tell you, man, you see yourself and I'm going to get on my, on my emotional thing real quick. You really don't. Cause I think I'm, I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'm anybody, right. I, I'm just some Joe Schmo chasing a dream, right? Who am I? But I get sent these clips from just fans or whatever. Like I'm a bad guy too. And that's another thing too, that like, I'm a bad guy. I'm a, I'm not, I'm a kayfabe through and through bad guy where if I'm in front of people, even if I like just gave this kid a hug backstage, if I'm in front of people and this kid comes up to me to give a high five, he's not going to know any difference. on my face. Are you serious? You're your little booger picking self. You think I'm going to high five you? You said your fingers in your mouth. You're just picking your butt out of here. It's not no little brat. He's going to cry. Right. It is what it is. Um, but I'm a bad guy. And I come out and I'm doing my entrance and I have a fan that, I just did one of his radios. He's one of my first radio shows I did. He clips this this video of this um, little kid at the entrance ramp. Like you literally see me front and center, right? Front and center. I'm right here. And then like right here, there's the kid in the background. I'm doing my, you know, my flex right here and my, my throat chop right here. And the kid's doing everything I'm doing in the background. He's right here. He's doing this. He's doing that. And it's like, 
you don't, you, oh, that's cool. And then like, you really get a chance, like, you know, I'm laying in bed at night and I'm kind of just dawdling on my phone, you know, wifey's asleep and I'm, and I'm just kind of dawdling on my phone. I'm just, and you see that clip and you're like, you just, that's super humbling, you know, like you don't get a real chance to like take that in or, you know, I just released my plushies, right. My little slam buddies and I'm getting all these pictures from all these fans because I don't really sell a lot in person because I'm a bad guy, right? I don't, don't, I don't need you to buy much. Are you serious? You're not worthy enough to wear mine, right? I think I'm going to let you wear my shirts, but then I'll sell it online, right? Um, and people will text me pictures on social media of like my little slam buddy plushie that they are, they're sleep, they're sleeping with or they're traveling with or, you know, the baby, the baby's cuddling it or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's just crazy to me, man. That's just, it, it's, uh, it's special. It's humbling. It's hard to wrap my head around sometimes. Yeah, I, I love hearing stories like that, too. I mean, it, the world of professional wrestling is just a wild and wacky one. But hearing people like you and just getting the opportunity to hear your story and just see how much professional wrestling means to you. And to like, you are truly one of the people that we've talked around. Like, yeah, this dude is wrestling through and through. So definitely appreciate that. Now, we do have one last question that we always ask our guests before we wrap up the episode. And it's kind of cliche, we won't lie. But it's a potential two-parter, depending on how you answer it. And I think uh, kind of coming from the uh, the seminar talk and and just kind of, you know, chasing the dream, what is a dream match for you? Any uh, stipulation? Oh, okay. If you, if you know it right away, I have a little bit for it, but. <laughs> um, Man, so I think, give me a chance to, like, match size-wise. I know we have the uh, very similar skill sets. Obviously, like I said, Brian Cage um, would be dope to mix up with because I think it would be one of those tit for tat, you know, counter on counter. Um, it wouldn't make sense now because he's so much bigger than me. And, and so I can say this first and foremost because he actually trains with my coach now. So my coach knows him first and foremost and, and knows of uh, and we know of each other. I've never met personally, but my, you know, my coach knows that I have my eye, the target right on, on Brian and. My coach is like, man, you got to grow. He's he's massive. He's big as hell. Um, but if I were to match size with him at some point, which, you know, I'm only 27. So at some point we will, uh, I'm pretty sure, because he's, I think, 36 or 37 himself. Um, there'll be a time when I catch up to him in some way, shape, or form, and we'll get a chance to mix it up. Um, so that would be first and foremost. Um, I really don't have, outside of that, like an absolute, like, oh, my God, my life would be made. Um, I just think I would love to the more experience I've gotten and the more that I've, I've comfortable I've felt in not just my character, but how I go about a match and learn what more, because that's what ultimately what it is, is like even Natalia said, like you, you never stop learning, you know, even, you know, someone as famed and from the, the, the royalty of family that is her family, the hearts, um, for her to say like every day she learns something new is, is just mind boggling. So I would love to, you know, face guys with differentiating styles. I know. Uh, shout out to my boy Titus Alexander. No, uh, no connection whatsoever. Even though our characters have this, you know, similar names, he's out on the West Coast doing big things. Man, he's a he's a freaking beast. Uh, I met him actually when we were uh, in Vegas, um, and uh, we wrestled on the same card. Uh, super talented guy, man. See him ball out for West Coast Pro, and and you know what he's doing all over the West Coast there is is tremendous. And he's got a, a very um, a friend, a different style than I do, but I know uh, I would be curious to see how that would clash and how we could make some magic with that. Yeah, I, I don't really have 
this is the match. Brian Cage would probably be that, truthfully. Um, but other than that, I welcome any and all challengers. Again, money and championships, checks and championships. Let's make it happen. Is there anybody throughout history that isn't currently actively wrestling that you had uh, wished that you could have got the chance to wrestle with? Dude, again, with the pro wrestling, I that question and the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling, that is so hard to answer. Or even, like, who do you take your character from? Like, there's certain questions, man, that, like, I could get asked. Like, who do you take you – who do you – oh, man, like, each wrestler has such a different – like, obviously, when you face a guy that's, you know, okay, it's a death match, Sabu, right? Because if you want to – if you want to – if you're going to – if you're going to – if you're going to have a certain stipulate, like a ladder match, you know, either the Hardys – or uh, RVD, right? If we're talking the tag team, Hardys, if it's singles, RVD. Because, you, you know, if you're going to do something, let's do it right. You know what I mean? You know, you can't have a, a casket match without Undertaker, right? Like, it has, it has to be that person. I feel like um, th that could be a cliche answer, right? Whatever, you know, name someone on that, or that isn't on the active, you know, Matt Wrestling, dude. You know what? Give me the heat. I would love to roll around with uh, Chris Benoit. Say what you will about the man. The professional wrestler was a a terror. That man, I you know, submission match, give me Chris Benoit. Give me a ladder match with RVD. Give me um, a casket match with Undertaker. I mean, it's cliche, but if you're going to do it, do it right. You know, because, it's it, again, when you're talking about pro wrestling, from how I was, if you, now if you want to go tit for tat on the independent scene, Will Ospreay, right? Let's, let's, if you just want to see, if you want to go with some athleticism, you know, let's let's do that. But if you're talking about story, let's let's tell a story in a from a sports entertainment aspect with wrestling moves. Then give me the cliche person who who exemplifies that that match because that that's the only way you know you're going to have a banger, right? Now if you're talking about just give me a good solid singles match. I'll take uh, I'll take prime time Chris Jericho any day, right? Not That's no pain master or, or you know whatever he, the wizard or whatever he's doing now weekly on AEW. I want prime time like like Y two J like like pre or pre Y two J or even prime Y two J like Lionheart like authentic young Chris Jericho. That is someone that can that can be technical, someone that can be high flying, someone that I can you know who's just probably just the right build that I can toss around here and there, but I think uh, primetime Chris Jericho would be a solid go out there and give me a, a banger singles match, right? But any any gimmick stipulation match would have to be with that character that exemplifies that match type. I think that's a perfect answer to the question. We've we've definitely gotten we, people that have <laughs> uh, you know, given us, we got a lot of Shawn Michaels, I will say. A lot of Shawn Michaels. Shawn, on that one. I don't know Prime again. That's probably I'd put that next to Chris Jericho and Prime, like Prime Shawn Michaels, part like like in the in the. See, it's so tough because like you wonder with guys like that, man. Like what people don't realize is like you're talking about what you see on TV. Um, as a as a worker, as a performer, everyone's different, man. And so many there's so many guys that probably had banger matches with Shawn Michaels that hated him as a person, and probably the match was was so hard to work. Because he probably he's the match was great from a from a from a you know a fan standpoint what you're seeing but like it was probably so difficult to work with them and they probably the match was great but they probably hated it right because he was it was such a you know experience and then other guys probably they, they either hated him and loved the match or they loved him 
and hated the match. They loved them and loved the match. Like there's, it's so hard to like gauge because I've personally been thankful that I've never had a wrestle someone that I didn't like. Um, I've always just gone in and, you know, but it does get challenging when you call for something or, or you're trying to work with a guy and he kind of has his own mindset and, you know, there are professional ways of like, you know, settling someone down who is trying to go, you know, too fast or has their own. Cause at the end of the day, this is what pro wrestling is. We're working together. Um, so there are plenty of guys. I'm sure that, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting too off the beaten path. Yeah. Um, Sean would be a good one though, but not personally for me, obviously if I could get the opportunity it'd be great, but it's not one of the ones that I would immediately go to. Hey, to each their own brother. That's the best part about wrestling. There's so many facets of it and there's something for everybody. Amen. That's a perfect, perfect way to put it. All right, Jay. Well, with the last few minutes of the episode here, we like to let the guests plug and promote whatever they got going on, being social media, merch, appearances coming up. So uh, with that, the floor is yours. So with that, I will be announcing that I have signed with, no, I'm kidding, one day. Um, that'd be awesome, huh? What a scoop for y'all. No, that'd be, great. That. that'd be great. You'd be the first <laughs> one to know. No, um, nothing yet on that regard. That'd be awesome if, if that could occur sooner rather than later but no um so typically i always plug first and foremost would be uh my link profile um that's typically what i send to everybody when i'm trying to market myself it's just a one-stop shop for everything that is jay alexander all social media is all media appearances all the matches uh, with with hyperlinks to said matches um and that's pretty much just link app l-i-n-q-a-p-p.com and then forward slash j J-A-Y, Alexander, as it, as it sounds, and then P-W. Um, uh, J-Alexander-P-W on Twitter, J-Alexander-P-W on Instagram. Um, matchups, uh, October has been super light. I'm really focusing on my health and well-being, which is something that I've neglected for very long. Um, so I'm only doing a handful, man, not even a handful of matches. Uh, I've got a title defense for oh, this bad boy right here. My APW Heavyweight Championship, that'll be this uh, Saturday against the Midnight Rider, Marquise Jackson. That's going to be a good one. He's another one that uh, I've heard some great things about that's highly touted. Um, I will be, where else? October 22nd, I'll be in Waco. Um, details yet to be released uh, for World Class Rev. Um, don't know my opponent on that yet. I mean, I kind of, I think I do, but like it hasn't been confirmed. Um, but that's it pretty much for October. And then I'm uh, hoping to make some uh, potential out-of-country announcements, which you can find on my Facebook, uh, Official J. Alexander PW uh, on Facebook, um, pertaining to a booking in Asia, um, potentially. Um, but that's pretty much just of it now. Um, I'm constantly, my schedule is constantly changing. I think that's the beauty of pro wrestling is you're constantly under tippy toes, like what's next, what's coming, where are we going, what are we doing? Um, bookings are always scheduled to change. Championships are to, to be earned. And uh, right now it's just trying to promote the brand. And I'm trying to get up the Northeast, uh, make my way out eastward and then go up the East Coast. And ultimately wherever I can land, expand the brand, check some championships, baby. So that's pretty much the gist of it. Um, I do want to tell you, gentlemen, uh, uh, Bill, Dustin, uh, how much I greatly appreciate the opportunity. Um, Y'all are awesome. That's my great people. Thank you for listening to me ramble for over an hour. <laughs> Thank you for um, coming on and rambling, brother. Of course, anytime. And I'm, I'm, you know, let's let's talk it up. Um, uh, y'all are great, and I'd love to do it again sometime. So, you know, 
keep me in mind next time y'all, y'all need a spot filled or whatever. Like, I just have Jay back on. Let's, let's hear him ramble again. <laughs> I'll definitely have more uh, talk about that's sure. I never have any shortage of it. I'm sure we'd but, love that. Anyways, boys, no, I greatly appreciate it. Man. I don't hold y'all any longer. So I'll let y'all do the, uh, the closeouts. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. We're back from talking with the Texas Terminator. That's why I did that little uh, shitty Schwarzenegger. Took me a second. Took me a second to realize that was what that was. For. Took you a little second to put it together. And I'm glad I had to explain it. <laughs> but Jay, Jay's a gem man. Uh, so much great insight into the business and just training from them. I can't wait to have him again on again in the future. Uh, great dude, great wrestler. I mean, I gotta say it five thousand times because I gotta like hammer that point in, man. You got you gotta go out and if you're in a, if you can get to Texas or go to Texas watch shows, do it. And if you see that he's traveling to a show, definitely go your way. He is a really great in the ring. He's one of the most versatile guys you'll see, and he knows he can do so much, but he doesn't always. You know, he, he's very smart, too. He's got a great ring mind, too. He's not just a great athlete. He's just got a great mind, great psychology for it. And you can tell that he's been trained by a legend like Booker T and so many other people because he jumps at the chances for these great seminars because he knows, you know, you got to be a student of the game if you really uh, if you really want to prosper in this business. Yeah, and I, I think that's any business. I think anybody who listens to this podcast, obviously you're probably a pro wrestling fan or a wrestler yourself if you're listening to this, but you know, just just kind of keeping the the sentiment of hard work pays off and you know, always, you know, always be the first one and last one out and you know, just really dedicate yourself to what you're passionate about. And Jay clearly does that. You know, this this is a man, and he said it himself. He thinks, you know, wrestling is what he's meant to do. And after watching some of his matches and just having the opportunity to speak with him and hear how he talks about pro wrestling, like he's just one of those guys. I said it in the interview too. Like he just, he's just one of those guys. You know that he is gonna do very well in this business. It's somebody that you should absolutely keep an eye on. And I really do hope he gets up to the Northeast because I would absolutely love the chance to see him wrestle in person. Yes, yeah, he loves it up here. So definitely want to see him so much and really get to meet him. If he doesn't come down here, shit, we'll, we'll fly down there. There's plenty of great wrestling in Texas. Definitely a guy I want to see live really bad and even more now because he's the man. Yeah, just saying. And Juice... If the people want to let us know if they've seen Jay Alexander wrestle or if they have any interest in letting us know where he should go next, where can they do so? Yeah, on Twitter, it's capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O, lowercase D. Instagram, it's the same. It's T-O-T-C underscore P-O-D. And those are our socials. Follow us. Yes, and as we come crashing down to the map on this episode of Top of the Cage, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in. And if you are listening to us on Apple or Spotify and you do not leave us a five-star review, that means that you, specifically you, that person not leaving us a five-star review, will not get five-star content, and that is just a fact. Fact. <laughs> I was going to say, is it? maybe it wasn't a fact. But... And again. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we will catch you next time.